0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, how you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and yes, once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. Yep, the Miami Heat have tied up their NBA Championship Final Series with the Denver Nuggets at one game apiece. But... Please make no mistake about it, none whatsoever. This is no joke, folks. There is nobody, and I mean nobody, in the NBA right now that is better than one Nikola Jokic. It's that simple. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right, you you know, first I will talk about the game, then I'm going to get into Nikola Jokic, Uh, give the Miami Heat full marks, because uh, after game one, and I still think, I I, I said going into this series that I thought the uh, Denver Nuggets would take care of them, uh, the Heat, in four or five games, and, and, you know, I, I told you last week, the Heat, it's just a great story, not a good story, a great story, number eight seed, and here they are great, great story. But I I just think the Nuggets led by the best player in the NBA right now, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, uh, they're just too tough, too formidable. But the Miami Heat, as I just said, is a great story for the reasons I'm talking about. They have a resiliency. They have a get up and go, a grittiness, a toughness, that you really don't see. They got a bunch of guys on that team that are undrafted players that that show what they can do time and time again. They're just special, special talents. And they proved it again last night with a big 111-108 victory. But before everybody gets excited, and, and listen, if I've said it that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA, I will also say that the coach of the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra, is the best coach in the NBA. Because after getting smacked in the teeth on in game one, they regrouped. They came out with a game plan. It was an interesting game plan, but they came out with a game plan. Like, listen, Nikola Jokic had 41 points. 41 points in game two last night. 41. He had 11 rebounds. But his assist total was just three. In the game before, when they won, the Nuggets, that is, he had 27 points, 10 rebounds, and 14 assists. So, to me, a good part of the game plan was you know what? Jokic is going to get his points. Jokic, the Joker, is going to get his points. And that ain't no joke. But we don't want to make it easy for him, or we want, let me put it this way we're going to make it tough for him to see that his teammates get their points. So their their toughness and their grittiness on defense allowed him just three assists. And believe me, those 41 points, he busted his ass to get those 41 points. Big time. Big time. And I think that was a very, very telling point in that game. Very telling point in that game. Whereas the Heat, you know, the, the Heat, was, they were really distributing the ball. I mean, Jimmy Butler had 21 points. Bam Adebayo had 21 points. Gabe Vinson had 23 points. Max Struess had 14 points. I mean, he, Max Struess came out in the first quarter, I think uh, the, the first three or four shots, he took were three and he nailed them. And speaking of taking, uh, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist, folks. When you make shots, you win games. When you don't make shots, you lose games. You know, you, you heard me criticizing teams. I've, I've done it all season long. That's what's wrong with the NBA. They don't have plan, plan Bs. They just have plan A's. What I mean by that, if the ball's not going in from three, you got to do something else because that's what sucks about the league now. Everybody's playing the three-point game. Well, I will say this, though. Last night, you want you don't have to look too much further why the Heat won. They cashed in 17 of 35 three-point attempts. That's damn near 50%. You You shoot 50% from three you got a real good chance of winning. At the same point, they could have lost that game. So that, that was, you know, all of a sudden, after being up 12 late, with something like three minutes to go, boom, 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 and all of a sudden, it was an 11-2 run. It was a three-point game. That's how it ended. But when it goes back to Miami, and now listen, Miami's going to be home Uh, I would suspect, just like Eric Spolstra made his adjustments, Coach Malone of the Nuggets will make his adjustments. I mean, if I'm Miami, I'm glad I'm going back home. I, I, I stole the game on the road. I stole the game on the road, and right now they took home court advantage away. So that's a good thing for Miami. But I don't think Miami is clicking their heels. I don't think they were clicking their heels on their flight home. I don't think they're clicking their heels today, getting ready. I I don't think there's none of that going on. I think they're getting ready for uh, what's going to be uh, a big, big attack by the Nuggets in Game 3. But... The, the reason I've singled out Nikola Jokic, the Joker, and I, I've mentioned this in the past, but, but I haven't dwelled on it. And Kendrick Perkins, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and you, you people know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you know, Perkins made the remarks uh, earlier on I don't know, it was a month ago, whatever the heck it was. Two months. Kendrick Perkins made the remarks about Nikola Jokic. The Joker was the MVP the previous two years going into this season. Previous two years. Well-deserved, I might add. Very well-deserved. Joel Embiid dethroned him, if you will, This season, the Sixers, he's your MVP. But Kendrick Perkins, now, this is a guy who is supposed to be an astute basketball man who is paid to give his opinions for ESPN. He's paid to be an expert, to give sound opinions when I say sound, I, I mean opinions that make sense. And, and basically what he did, and quite frankly, it was flat-out racist when he did it, and there should have been a much bigger attack on him for saying it, he basically implied that Jokic, along with Steve Nash, and along with Dirk Nowitzki, that the reason there were MVPs was because they're white. You know, he implied that in his statements. And, and, you know, when I heard it then, I thought it was moronic. And, And part of me said, I don't even want to address this moron because that's how stupid and ignorant and racist it was. But I'm watching this guy, Jokic, and I'm, watch, I'm also watching the comments from people, which, quite frankly, is mind-boggling too. I'm saying, well, like, now everybody's getting to see Nikola Jokic. Now everybody's getting to see Nikola Jokic. You know, if everybody, if the league was so racist about pushing a white guy, you would have seen and known so much more about Nikola Jokic. But you know what? Jokic, he's not a grandstander. He's not a me, me, me guy. He, Quite frankly, he's the quintessential example of the guy who says there's no I in team. He won two MVPs in a row. Embiid wins it this year, which by the way, Embiid did a pretty damn good job of campaigning to win the MVP. I'm having an NBA season. I think I should be the MVP, yada, yada, yada. But a beep, but a bop, but a boop. Well, y- you know, let's look at some numbers. Embiid had th- averaged thirty-three points, thirty to be exact, thirty-three point one points per game this season. The Joker averaged twenty-four point five. Embiid had ten point two, averaged ten point two rebounds this season. The Joker had 11.8 rebounds. Embiid averaged 4.2 assists per game. The Joker averaged 9.8. Basically, the Joker averaged the triple-double. Averaged the triple-double. He had more than twice as many assists. The reason he didn't average as many points, because he was spending time A lot of time, making sure that his players, his teammates were scoring. But here's a guy who had the balls to come on the air and imply racism has something to do with Nikola Jokic being an MVP. And and it was a blast at him. It was a blast at Nash. It was a blast at Nowitzki. And quite frankly, it's a blast at the NBA. And, and heavens knows, folks, you've heard me criticize the NBA for a lot of stuff. But that was a moronic comment, and the reason it pisses me off so much, that this guy, Kendrick Perkins, is supposed to be an expert. He's supposed to know what he's saying. There's no credence to his remarks. It's stupid. It's idiotic. You, you hear the announcers talk. They, they, they talk about Jokic. They make references to Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, one of the all-time greats, who was a guard. Jokic is a center. That ain't no joke, folks. That's how great this guy is. And if people are first getting to know Nikola Jokic... Good. And if they haven't, they should have, if they're big basketball fans. The guy's got a complete game in every shape or form, every which way, and everybody knows it. That insinuation early on, that implication from... Kendrick Perkins was shameful, disgraceful, racist, whatever you want to call it. I'm calling it like it is. I, I can tell you what. If somebody said the reverse on that, they'd be out of a job. It was terrible. So shame on, on Perkins... Shame on on ESPN. The only thing good about it, to me, Perkins loses all credibility. He has zero credibility because you're talking about the guy who's the best player in the NBA right now, and, and you insulted him. You insulted yourself. You insulted the league. Idiotic. So, like I said. He, he came up with a big-time performance last night. Big-time performance. I applaud them. They did what they needed to do. But as I said, make no mistake about it. There is nobody, but nobody, but nobody in the league right now better than the Joker. Now we wait, see what happens in Miami. Game three. Wednesday night. But speaking of no doubt about it, no question about it, who's the best in the NBA? There's also no doubt about it. And you heard me say that this past week in baseball. You can have your guy, you can have anybody you want. Otani, Trout, anybody you want. Ain't nobody in Major League Baseball, ain't nobody at this juncture better than Aaron Judge of your New York Yankees. Nobody. You heard me say it last week. You take your guy, you can have whoever you want. But my guy is Aaron Judge. And there is nobody better than my guy. Uh, I I mean, he's been so good, I think some of his ability, not I think, I know some of his abilities are taken for granted. I mean, as far as a hitter goes, he's the best that there is right now. His power, his display. He's hitting for average. He does it all. But but he's more than just a big, strong, strapping guy. He's not a good outfielder. He's an excellent outfielder. He's made this past with the past week not one but but he robs a guy of a home run uh, in one game. Then then um, two days ago. Dodgers Stadium, he crashes through a wall. Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, came out, But by the way, came out with a great line. I was envious. When the trainers went out to him, uh, the Yankee trainers, to see how he was, uh, Roberts, in a friendly way, said they should have checked the fence for its damage. I mean, Aaron Judge, coming off a 62 home run season, he now has 19. He is the best player in baseball right now. The best. I don't care. You can have Otani hitting home runs. You can have Otani pitching. The best player in baseball right now is Aaron Judge. And at his leadership, let me tell you something. Derek Jeter was a leader. Derek Jeter had, I'll go out and say this, had nothing on Aaron Judge, as far as leadership goes. And that is not I, meant in any way to be a disparaging remark or an insulting remark uh towards the Captain Derek. But his presence, you could see what he means to that team. You could see what he means to that team. He unquestionably uh judge, you know, Jita had other guys. Other leadership kind of guys, whether it was going to be a Paul O'Neill, whether it was going to be certainly Jorge Pasada, He had other guys. Yeah, there's Rizzo there, but Aaron Judge is the man. He's the man with the bat. He's proven he's the man with the glove. He's proven he's the man with the all-around ability. Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball. Now, let's go to somebody else on the Yankees who you know I'm extremely fond of. I'm going back. I will go back to last season. Not this season, folks. Last season, I was calling for the Yankees to bring up two kids to start this season. I was calling for a double play combination— Second and short, I was calling for a combination of Anthony Volpe and Oswald Peraza. Well, Anthony Volpe in spring training won the job. And we were all happy about it. You know, Jersey kid, Italian kid. I mean, playing in the Bronx, it don't get better than that. I mean, we were all thrilled about that, that he won the job. Uh, Peraza, you know, got sent down. Now, it's a dilemma because Volpe has had his struggles. He has had his struggles. There's no ifs, ends or buts about that. He's had his struggles at the plate. He's He's batting below 200 as we speak. And Peraza going into this weekend, he in 14 games, he had something like 10 home runs in the minors and was batting 375, 371. You know, you heard the old expression, How do you keep a good man down? How do you keep Oswald Peraza down? But then what do you do? What do you do? For people who, and you know, you get a lot of it. Oh, it's only a matter of time before they send Volpe down. Well, yeah, you're right. It might be only a matter of time before they send Volpe down because you can't be hitting below 200. But then what's Volpe do yesterday? What What's he do last night against the Dodgers? He gets two hits. One of them in the ninth inning, a two-run jack, a two-run homer. Uh, he turns a 2-1 game into a 4-1 victory. So for all of Anthony Volpe's struggles this season, and he's had some struggles, make no mistake about it. We're talking about a young man who is a rookie, all right? But this same Anthony Volpe, as I speak to you folks, there's Aaron Judge with 19 homers. There's Anthony Rizzo with 11 homers. And there's the rookie, Anthony Volpe, tied for third with Gleba Torres, with nine home runs. He's tied for third on the Yankees with nine home runs. And when it comes to RBIs on the Yankees, there's Judgey with 40, there's Rizzo with 32, and there's young Anthony Volpe, third on a team in runs batted in with 26. And of course... He leads the team in stolen bases without being thrown out with 13. What do you do? And and listen, going into last night's game, I was thinking, you know, it pains me to say maybe they need to send them down. Not... I don't think for a second. I don't think Anthony Volpe is going to be a good major leaguer. I think he's going to be an excellent major leaguer. But and my concern was, you don't want a guy to lose his confidence. But then I'm watching last night. I'm flipping between the Yankees and 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 the basketball game, and I'm saying, what am I talking about? This kid doesn't lose his confidence because through it all, he's got nine home runs. He's got 26 runs batted in. 13 stolen bases he's not losing his confidence maybe people maybe fans might be losing their confidence in Volpe but more important than anything Volpe is not losing his own confidence so it's a dilemma I guess you could say it's a nice dilemma for the Yankees to have nonetheless it's a dilemma because what do you do with Oswald Peraza after a while, you got to say, what What the hell's the sense of having him down there? I got to find, I got to find a place for him to play. I know everybody got all excited. You know, Josh Donaldson comes back, cranks out two bombs uh, upon his return. That's all fine and dandy. Everybody's feeling warm and fuzzy. But I don't know. I'm not saying I have the definitive answer. I don't know. But if the kid is, you, you know, we're hitting the other side at 350, Whatever the hell it is, I mean, again, I think he's batting f- f- for the season in the minors like over th- like three thirty something. But he again going into the weekend fourteen. He had a fourteen game stretch, ten bombs, and and um, I think a three seventy average. He's tearing it up at Scranton Wilkesbury. tearing it up. So something's got to be done. Yes. As I said to you, Volpe has not lost his confidence. There has to be an improvement with the average. And, and believe me, some of his home runs and his runs batted in, they didn't come in junk time. They came, more times than not, they came in crucial situations where money was on a table and he helped the Yankees cash in. Now, you got Peraza in the minors. Do you let him just hang down there? Because after a while, you got a confidence factor down there as well with Peraza. Guys got to play. Yeah, you heard that story many, many a time. Nice problem to have, but it's a problem that has to be solved. And since I don't get paid by the Yankees and I'm not there in pinstripes, it ain't my problem. But it's a problem that needs to be reckoned with. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I like to be getting a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzburg. You can do it on Facebook. As always, and you can always check out my website at russalsberg.com. Got to thank my home here at Believe.com because I tell you nice folks each and every week, Believe is the number one podcast podcast network for professionals. But above all, got to thank you to people because without you, the nice people out there, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. And once again, I remind all of you, not only can you listen to me here, But if you do what others have done and tell your friends and family to do the same, just download the Yes app so they too will be able to listen to, and not just listen to, but see me on my video version of Get a Load of This for Yes, the Yes app, and the Yes network. But right now, until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Have yourselves a great week, everyone.